When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody. It's Wednesday night. That means it's Big Apple Hockey coming at you tonight with a lot of news and a lot of breaking news. Wish it wasn't exactly the case right now, but we just found this out just minutes before the show started. I am your host, Mark Williams. And as I said, uh, right down there, it's my last year of being a single man, although I'm not really (laughs) single right now, so I don't really fully get that one. And the host of the final buzzer, who will talk to you late night, Mr. John Fukowski. Yeah, interesting uh, turn of events for the Rangers. Eight-game point streak right now. Uh, one seven of the last eight. But got to deal with some injuries and adversity. So here we are. And, of course, joining us back from Vegas, baby, Vegas, the fourth period's Anthony LaRocco. Yeah, got to uh, got to go out to Sin City for five days with with the wife for a work conference, uh, but still able still able to have uh, plenty of time to have some fun. So, um, but back on the island and uh, you know ready to go here. Yeah, and ready to go because we have got a lot of news coming at us. Finally, I could use this again. Here is the A block, and we've got. Like we said, Jonathan Quick is listed right now as day-to-day. They have recalled Louis Deming and Dylan Garand. They might play one of them this week, if not both. Uh, that's an interesting thing. We're going to get more into that in a second. Uh, of course, whenever Phil can, watch the final buzzer with John. And uh, Big Apple Trucky Hearts are available. Also, some shirts. Check it out in the 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 link is in the description. The A block, of course, brought to you by SeatGeek. Twenty dollars off your first order. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey, and look for my five surprises and disappointments right now on the BAH Pod. Guys, uh, so the Rangers two zero and one this week wins over Carolina, uh, an OT loss, and Detroit. By the way, last night an OT loss to Minnesota. They had a three goal lead. If you were a New York hockey team. On Saturday, you had a three-goal lead, and you lost. And the New York Islanders, last week, won one and one uh, Washington, they shut them out. OT lost to Carolina and a loss to Minnesota last night. Anthony, let's start with you. What are your takeaways this week? And pick either team that you want to start with. Well, I mean, for the Islanders, that one, one and one um, could have and should have been 
a lot better. You know, the the three nothing lead to Carolina that they that they lost. Um, you know, was when you have a when you have a three goal lead like that, it you know really hurts when you when you end up losing in any fashion, even if you get a point, which they did. Um, and then the game against Minnesota last night, you know, it's they allowed two goals in however long it was, was it 20, 23 seconds or 25 seconds or, or something along those lines. Um, you know, I was still traveling home, so I didn't, uh, you know, didn't catch the, the full game, just kind of following on my phone. But, um, when you have two games like that at home, like it hurts when, when you, when you really blow chances to get two points and, you know, in both of those games, they could have, and maybe should have realistically got two points. Um, and they didn't do it. So, um, that's something that they need to tighten up for sure. Um, they need to like Lane Lambert in practice today was apparently, you know, he was running them hard with their positioning. Um, they just need to be better because you shoot yourself in the foot like that. Sometimes, you know, in the later in the season, it could come back to bite you in the ass. So they just, they just, you know, need to need to be better and not, you know, let points slip away like that. Cause you know, points now in November are just as crucial as, you know, they could be in, in March and April. So, um, you know, one, one, and one, you know, face value, you look at it, you okay, say, so you say, all right, average, you know, but it, it, you know, it just hurts more when two out of those three games, they were in, you know, at least in good position to win, especially the Carolina one. So, um, for me, that's my main takeaway with them. Um, and what the Rangers is, you know, they're they're chugging along. I mean, I, I didn't like how they looked against Minnesota, which I'm sure both you guys would agree. Again, you know, a blown a blown lead. Um, you know, for me, my my biggest thing is with now with Quick out as well. I mean, it doesn't seem like Shesterkin or Quick are going to be long term, but for at least for maybe for at least a couple games, they're going to have to go with Garan and Deming, and you know, um, hopefully they get the job done in spot duty when they're out. And obviously, there's the Fox injury too, so. Uh, they've been bit by the injury bug. Uh, all good teams, end team, all not all, just all good teams, all teams face adversity in the form of injuries. Um, and the good ones are the ones that overcome it. So um, I'm just looking to see how the Rangers play these next couple of games with, you know, uh, goaltenders who are really their third and fourth string goalies in between the pipes. So um, other than that, though, I, you know, I love Panarin's line, how he's humming. Um we talked about off air, Kako. Though I mean, he's 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 got to show a pulse right now. He's not showing much. Um, you know, Lafreniere got off to a hot start, and he's still looking good in his play. But he does only have five points in eleven games, so you want to see him elevate his game on a more consistent basis. But Kako, though, is the focus right now. He he needs to be better for sure. Phil, take it from there. What are your thoughts about Kako? Because I think we're going to have a lot. We're going to be saying about him on this show. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder if he has a pulse or if he has like early onset rigor mortis and is turning into a zombie because he just he's invisible out there at times. I I, I don't understand what happened to him. Uh, they gave him all the chances in the world playing on this top line, and that that line has not been good at even strength at times. And yeah, I, I've said things like Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad need to not be power play merchants. And yeah, they, they've dragged ass at times at even strength, but Capo Caco not helping them out is a big part of the problem on that line. And I think that line could be far better with somebody who could really help sustain offense and help sustain puck in the zone. And yeah, I know people are going to look to Patrick Kane, and I, I think that could be a fit there because I think that with Patrick Kane, there's going to be more puck possession and that line will be better offensively and they won't have to play defense. Sometimes 
the best defense is a really good offense that can hold on to the puck. Uh, take a look at the Detroit Red Wings for about 20 years, and that's the way that they played, and they won, what, four Stanley Cups out of it? Or three Stanley Cups, rather? 96, 97, and two. Oh, no, four Stanley Cups, yeah, 02 and 08. But, um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at teams, and the Rangers look to be one of the better teams in the league right now. And Anthony's right. You know, every team deals with adversity and injuries, and the Rangers are dealing with it well. Eric Gustafson. And I, I said that signing was going to be a sneaky good signing. And what has he done? Eight points in 12 games. He's on pace for 55 points. That man wants to get paid, and he's playing like it. And, and it's great because he stepped in to a role in the power play where everybody thought, oh, wow, power play is going to suck now. Adam Fox is out. Nope. Eric Gustafson steps right in that power play, continues to click. They put up two last night in, in their first two uh, chances against Detroit. Bang to bang, back to back goals, uh, you know, on, on the power play right there to take a 3 nothing lead. Uh, Gusty's been really good for the Rangers. Uh, obviously, Anthony talked about Panarin. He's a hard candidate right now. If he ended the season, he'd be up for the heart. He'd be my vote for it. I know I'm biased, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and... and you know, you 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 got got you got Lafreniere who's now got six points after his assist last night. Really good play. He's starting to do the things that make that remind you of why he was picked number one overall. He's starting to show why he was a first overall pick. The talent's there. You just want to see him do it on a, on a night to night basis. He's doing the things away from the puck now that he wasn't doing earlier on in his career, and he really looks like he's gelling with Panarin. Um, obviously, with Filipino out, Vincent Trocheck has been one of the team's, I would say, three best players since Filipino uh, got sidelined. He's been so good. He was great last night with two goals. Two-way play's been great. Whether he's playing with Will Cooley or whether he's playing with Panarin's line, he's been really, really good for them. Uh, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba have looked great together. Jacob Truba's really stepped up this season. He's been really good. I have no complaints about him. Miller has had some gaffes at times where he – you know, he's, he does things that, you know, sometimes you expect of a young defenseman. But Miller overall has been really solid. Ryan Lindgren's Ryan Lindgren. Um, I mean, Gustafson, I, I've already talked about him and how great he is. You want more out of Braden Schneider. Yeah, Braden Schneider's got to be better. Um, it looks like he's kind of regressing a little bit. You want to see him play a little better. Uh, and then, you know, the other guys, I mean, the fourth line is – kind of just there they they don't really hurt you defensively but they don't give you any offense either uh you want another forward you want filipino back as soon as possible rangers look good as for the islanders i love what i'm seeing for noah dobson noah dobson looks like he's turned a corner he's he just he looks like he's going to be a stud puck mover for a long time i mean i, I like you, we were talking about the conversation where we thought like oh, could noah dobson get 60 points I mean, he's got 11 of 11 games already, and he played a real – I thought he played a really good game last night. I was there. So I, I thought he played a really good game last night. Um, Adam Pellick, obviously he's not himself right now. He's playing limited minutes. He doesn't look like the Adam Pellick we all know. Um, Ryan Pollock looks okay. I, I want more out of him. If it, it, I, I don't know if you would agree with me there, Anthony, but do you think that Ryan Pollock is capable of giving more? Because I, Yeah, I, he's – yeah, he's capable of playing more. Like last year, um, he was one of the best Islanders in that series against Carolina. Um, so he shows he he could play at a really high level. Right now, um, you know he's he he's not particularly. So yeah, I, there's there's another level to his game for be sure. Um, and I think what's hurting the Islanders defense overall is that 
Scott Mayfield's already missed, you know, he's, he came back, but he missed seven games. And yeah. even now he's not a hundred percent. I think some people forget about the importance of Scott Mayfield plays on the group as in entirety kills penalties, block shots. He's a big guy. Um, you know, when he's not in the lineup or not fully healthy, they, they feel it, especially on special teams. So um, that's, yeah. the, that's a factor too. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was okay last night. I mean, I expected some rust. He looked a little rusty at times, looked like he was having a little trouble with the puck here and there. Felt like he was fighting it at some moments, but he, he didn't look terrible for a first game back. Um, I, I thought the Islanders overall last night played pretty good for the first, I would say, 20 to 30 minutes of the game. They were right in there, and I, I, I thought they were going to – once they took that 2-1 lead, I thought that was where they were going to you know, start to clamp down and – and then Minnesota ended up tying it, and I, the the weak call on the third goal. What what was that roughing call? It was like an interference roughing call away from the play. I, I saw I that. Didn't and I see like, it, yeah. Are you me? Yeah. Oh. Well, on the third goal itself, I mean Zuccarello, great pass on the power play. Oh, Caprizov yeah. was able to get it over. A very nonchalant pass by Zuc. He's we've seen it many times watching him with the Rangers, but. What was Pierre Ingvall doing on that fourth goal? I didn't see the game, so I can't tell you. I, I uh, all I right, well, that's actually more of a rhetorical one on that yeah. one. But yeah, he, he, if you, when you watch it, Anthony, he goes for a stroll. He's going back, yeah, and he gets his pocket picked by Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon goes down low to Joel Arison Eck. Pat Maroon was he all over him, though. Like I, you know what? I, I'm not gonna harp on Engvall as much as I probably should, just because I think Maroon made a pretty damn good play and stayed with him. And it's kind of surprising because Pat Maroon is not really a great skater. Like if you if you put together a list of like the worst skaters in the league, Pat Maroon's probably gonna be in that bottom quarter percentile of players. So uh, for him to stay with Engvall, who's actually a decent skater, not only yes. that, but pickpocketing him, that line was a, a problem for the Islanders all night. They had a lot of trouble, and as did the Rangers, with their size, Maroon, Erickson, Eck, and, um, and Foligno. They're big, that, yeah. And yeah. That line is a big, strong, physical line that just grinds, shifts out. And it, they gave both the Rangers and Islanders a ton of problems between last night and Saturday night. So, um, and now, yeah, and, yeah. tomorrow they're they're playing Boston, and you know Horvat didn't play last last night. He he's traveling oh. to Boston, so at least there's a chance that he plays. But I mean, that would be you know for him not to play against a team like Boston, that would hurt. Um, same thing with Pellick. Um, so. Yeah, you know, the, like the Rangers, the Islanders are fighting a little bit too. Um, you know, especially Horvat is having a solid year. He's got, you know, he's almost at a point per game. Um, he's He's been one of their better forwards. So hopefully he can come back and, you know, be in the lineup because when they, you know, when they miss him, they, they miss a little bit of an element to their game that he brings. But um, it's going to be an important game. You know, Boston obviously 10-1-1. Uh, that's going to be a huge, you know, a huge test for the Islanders. So. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, Boston, they, they've basically been picking up from where they were last year, which is still astonishing. All of us didn't exactly think Boston is going to be was going to be this good this year, uh, but they're doing it with their defense. That's the way they're doing it. For the Rangers, uh, you got to hope that their team defense is still doing what they've been doing all year, limiting the shots on net, especially if you're going to have to ride quick, Deming and potentially Dylan Garan. Um, that's one thing. And just for the Islanders, they just got to stay healthy. They were getting outshot 
Uh, I have the number right here. 46 to 25 in the game against Carolina. And I know a lot of fans want to go, oh, they were up 3 nothing, But Carolina was getting themselves going. Carolina might be yeah. waking up as well. So that's because we're going to be asking the question about Minnesota in a little bit if they're waking up. But, guys, what, what more do you think about this? Because we got a lot more that we're going to be talking about. Throw it all down in the comments below. And uh, we're going to just take a second to get a message from DraftKings. And also come back and tell you everything that's going on right now with uh, wrong with some teams, whether or not you should relax or just chill. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Calm down. Get a hook. Don't do your one on the phone. Chill. Simmer down now. I'm freaking out. Hey everybody, welcome back for some impulsive reactions from Big Apple Hockey. Relax or chill. Mark messed up the graphic. You're right, Cor. And <laughs> and and as all these guys could have seen, you should have seen my reaction in the green room when we were. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. Moron. All right. So here are some of our impulsive reactions where we're going to ask you if you should get excited, chill, or panic. And we're going to start with the team we were talking about in the A block, the New York Islanders. And Anthony, I'm going to start with you on this one yet again. Uh, really, the 5-3-3, three, and three, we know that they lost in regulation last night to Minnesota. Should you chill, freak out, or get excited with them? No, nah, I mean, I think this is – I think this is chill. I mean, we kind of knew the Islanders going in there that, you know, they're kind of that, that middling team that will – likely you know get a wild card spot i mean no one really expected them to you know come out with a bruins record or no one expecting to be the san jose Sharks. so um you know i think they are you know what they are right now i do now with that said i, I certainly think there's a another um level to their game for sure because like you know that that record can you know easily be tack on two more wins um from you know the wild and uh hurricane games which and then you know the record looks a lot different so they just need to play smarter. Um, I think they're fine uh, overall. They just need to tighten their game up. But um, I, I think this is a you know a kind of home run of a of a chill here. Phil, mm -hmm. yeah, and this would be a layup for chill. But I, I really think that you need the um, the Dennis Green. We are who they thought we were. <laughs> yeah. We need that video for this because that's literally what you were just saying before that it just made me think of that right away when that when you said those words so yeah they're they're where i thought they would be they're they're fighting for a playoff spot they're 
just outside right now, but what is it? It's like two points, I think, that they're outside in the wild card standings. Which is easy to make up at this point of the year. Really easy to make up, and there's obviously a ton of time left. That yeah, they're they're tied for the last playoff spot in the the second wild card spot with Florida. Uh, Florida has one more regulation win than they or one more win than they do, and they have a goal differential of minus one as opposed to the Islanders minus two. But it, it, it's there's no reason to panic or even get excited right now. They're they're in a good position. They haven't played their best hockey. Like I would agree with Anthony, they haven't played their best as of yet. But I'm not sure of how much better their best actually is. Like, is their best lockdown hockey like they did under Trotz? Or is their best a slightly better version of the inconsistent Islanders that they've been since Barry Trotz left? So that that's what I want to know. Well, that's going to be interesting. And one reason why I had this on here, this is the quintessential chill. Everybody needs to relax. You got Ilya Sorokin in net. I've had some people that came into the bar and they're like, oh, no, they blew a three-goal lead right now. And, yes, they're they're acting like the sky is falling for some reason. They're totally fine. Everything's going to be all right. And, yeah, they, they play solid defense. Just they need to get healthy. That's their number one thing, and that's what they need to do. Now, let's go to last place in the Atlantic Division. The four and six Ottawa Senators. Filk, get excited, chill, or freak out. I, you know what, if this was a previous year, I'd probably just say chill just because the expectations weren't there. But I feel like there's expectations for this team now. And I feel like the fans are, are starting to voice it a little more. You see it online, too. So I, I'm I'm going to actually say freak out. I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from their off uh, from their goaltending. The, the offense needs to be better, too. Uh, I mean, it, it it's almost like getting rid of someone like Alex DeBrinkett was you know going to hurt their offense. Lo and behold, you bring in Vladimir Tarasenko. Tim Stutz is a point per game right now, but he only has two goals, which is kind of concerning. There was a bit where he was playing kind of like hero hockey, if you will, where he was just trying to do everything himself. And he was getting really frustrated in games. But, I mean, the scoring is there now. Chuck, also point per game, also 11 points. Drew, same thing. Tarasenko, the offense is finally coming around for him. Chikrin's got nine points. Sanderson's got nine points. That Sanderson contract's looking real good. Josh Norris, four goals, seven points. So the offense is, is, is there. It's just the defense just needs to be a hell of a lot better. And the goaltending really isn't all of that good. Like, mm. Corpus Salo, 901 save percentage, and he he's really your your starter right now. And Forsberg, 863 save percentage, and both those goaltenders have goals against him over 3.4, which is just bad. So, yeah, the defense and the goaltending are just crap. Anthony, what do you think? Um. I'm at, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go chill just because the fact that the so they play the Maple Leafs tonight right um, and they only have the so the Senators have four wins the Maple Leafs have six I mean it's so early like if the Senators win they have one less win than the Maple Leafs so I mean how could you you know uh, you know push the alarm buttons right now so I get everything as Phil is saying and it's all true um, but even in with ten games in I still think it's a little 
a little early to to freak out about the Ottawa Senators. Now, it may not be the case for some other teams we're going to talk about here, um, but for them specifically, um, in retrospect to where they are and, you know, everybody else, I, I don't – gap really isn't all that crazy. So um, I'm going to say chill here. I will say, though, I think aside from Woodcroft, though, if the Senators maybe lose, let's say, a couple more in a row, I would say he's a guy that could seriously be on the hot seat. Yeah, DJ, I think is that seat's getting warm. His GM is gone. Uh, he's in what year five right now with his job, and that they are not really a good defensive team in any way. That goes on coaching. So you know what? Um, I am gonna go chill on this one, which is surprising. I did list the Senators as one of my most disappointing teams this season. That being said. I think they can wait a little bit longer. It's not that bad as you're going to hear the expression a lot. As Yogi Berra said, it gets, it gets late early out there. They're not there yet. There's another team that I'm going to be mentioning soon enough, but I don't know if that's 47 likes or that meant to be 47 likes, but even still, that's a lot of likes. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to see a whole lot more of that. Oh, no. Granny's saying 500. Okay, let's go. Oh, 500. let's get 500. Let's get 500 <laughs> likes. All right. So she's helping out with that one. Nice job. Uh, Granny, by the way, we're going to be talking about your Minnesota Wild and Bar Talk. So stay along for that. Because, yeah. guys, let's go right to the next one. And I'll start this off. The Edmonton Oilers, 2-8-1, 7th in the Pacific. And the only reason why they're in 7th, guys, if you want to say it with me, because San Jose is in their division. So I am going to start this one off very easily. If I am an Oilers fan or anybody, freak the hell out with the Oilers. Connor McDavid cannot score a million goals to save this team right now. They can't stop any pucks. Jack Campbell's been waived, and they still got three and a half more years on him. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is trying to put the team on his back, but he's closer to that uh, John Madden's Greg Jennings broken leg than that one that didn't succeed. Uh, if you remember that old YouTube video, this is this is I'm I'm totally losing my words because this team <laughs> should be freaking out. Jay Woodcroft should be on the hot seat, possibly in about a week. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is this is a freak out. Uh, it, because it, it comes a point where, you know, at what point of the season does it start to get, you know, late early? Um, okay, Yogi and, Berra. Yeah. <laughs> I just told you we're going to be using that a lot. <clears throat> you know, it, for them right now, they're in a tough spot because, you know, the, the Canucks are surprisingly a pretty good team right now. Um, the Coyotes, again, they're overachieving. Even the Ducks, the Ducks are playing well. So some of these teams that are expected to be bad, and there's still time for that to happen. But right now, it's looking like the West is more competitive. So if the Oilers keep digging their hole even deeper, it's going to be really hard for them to get out, even though they have Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um, and then there's the fact that you mentioned Jack Campbell got waived. Um, looked Stuart like, Skinner isn't I much mean, better. I said it was a terrible contract from the beginning, but now it looks right. like they're going to be stuck with that albatross. And their goaltending is Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard. Um, yeah, I don't know what Ken Holland's. I don't know what Ken Holland's going to do there. If they keep losing, he's got to he's got to change something. Um, whether it's firing Woodcroft, uh, I don't know what 
trade he's going to make for a goalie at this point, um, you know, in the in the season. I, I, I really don't. That's going to make a you know, it's going to be a needle mover for him. So for them, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm freaking out for sure. And when you look at the, you know, the Western Conference standings, um, it's still despite their despite their record. If you look at like, the, for instance, the Coyotes have the last wild card spot right now with 13 points. The Oilers have five. Um, that's already an eight point difference, you know. And that's, you know, again, that that's tough. Um, you don't want to dig. It's not not like we're talking about here, like the Islanders or any other team that you know you're tied for one or two points out. I mean, eight points is eight points. Um, you know, in the parity in this league, these days with three point games and. You know, the Coyotes and Ducks picking up a point here or there in overtime. It's, you know, it's it's yeah. it's going to be hard. You know, they're, they're going to start have to – they're going to have to start to play really, really good winning hockey like right now and turn these things around. And, Anthony, uh, you said it best right there, and I'm going to turn this over to Phil for this, but I, I did the calculations the other day. They're going to have to win at least 47 games. Now it's 48 to get over 100 and or I think it's 47, 19 and one or something like that. It was, it's, it's just something ridiculous, but they're not even going to get there. And they're supposed to be a Stanley cup favorite. Philk. Here are the two scariest stats of all. The San Jose sharks now have one less win than the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and two, <laughs> I think this may be the first time probably since Connor McDavid's rookie year that McDavid is not only not leading the team in scoring, but he's actually tied for second place with multiple other players on the team. So Connor McDavid, by his standards, is having a pedestrian season. The goaltending is woof, like buzz your girlfriend from Home Alone, woof. <laughs> oh, boy. And – uh the defense has just been atrocious on top of that. So they did nothing to fix those areas. It's coming around full circle. And they are just that much short of being San Jose, but just having two the two best players in the world in McDavid and Dreisaitl. So, yeah, this is a layup. Get the layup gif out. Well, like, well, we're, we're early with the layup gif. I had it ready. There's the easy yeah. button. Layup. Yeah, That's because how layup it is. Freak out. Um Jay Woodcroft's got to be on the hot seat. The scariest part of all, and this is not a stat, is that Connor McDavid is clearly frustrated. Yeah. Like, you can see it in the post-game interviews. You see it in him on the ice. And I like that he went back at JT Miller the other night. I, I like that. You know, he got hit up high. He went back at Miller. Do I approve of cross-check? Not necessarily, but when you get hit up high, you know, it's going to go off in your head that you go back and retaliate. And, and do something back. So Lemieux did it for years. Crosby's done it for years. Gretzky, Post, Semenko, McSorley, and Bukaboom. He got chippy when he needed to at times. But you know what? McDavid's frustrating. And if that continues, does that spell the end of Connor McDavid at Edmonton? That's, I mean, I don't know. I don't and think it's going to happen this season. I think that would be an off-season thing, if anything. But if, if they... If it gets to a point where Edmonton misses the playoffs, those rumors are going to start to heat up real quick. Phil, we got a couple more, so we're going to have to hurry. But I do have to tell you this, that uh, I, the Leon Dreisaitl contract is easier to move. That's why I keep saying he's the one they would move first. But Hell yeah. they, do you realize the San Jose Sharks, 
have as many wins indoors as the Edmonton Oilers. Let's go one yeah. step further on if, that. If one. the uh, if the Oilers lose to the Sharks tomorrow, does Woodcroft get fired? Ooh, I think it's too early, but yeah, I, that's I, I, I personally, but um, I don't know if that happens that quick. Because also, <laughs> here's the question: What's the expectations? Are they a Stanley Cup favorite? Because if they're a Stanley they Cup are. favorite, you got to you got to make a change. No way. Then 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 stay with Woodcroft then, because that's what NHL but Radio talking about Woodcroft today. The ship is clearly sinking. Yeah. Well, the, the, the ship be sinking, to borrow another phrase. Guys, and let's stay in the division, a team that's been doing better than them. Anaheim Ducks, 7-5, and five, and they just handed Vegas a couple nights ago their first regulation loss of the season, and they did it by coming back in the third period. Filk, get excited, chill, or freak out. Chill, it's early. Um, I, I'm not totally sold on Anaheim as of yet. Bright future. Um, I feel like we've kind of talked about this in previous weeks, especially with like Frank Vetrano. Frank Vetrano seems like he's starting to cool down a little bit. Um, he's stuck on nine goals, 12 points in 12 games, still really, you know, good. But, um, Leo Carlson has looked like he's a player so far. Mason McTavish. Is leading with a point per game. Ryan Strom or the 13 points. Ryan Strom's a point per game. Troy Terry is just under. Um, I, I know I talked about Pavel Mindikov last week. Looks great. Looks like he's up for the Calder this yeah. year. Um, but I, I I like what I've seen Anaheim, but I, I'm not going to get excited over them yet, just because it's still early in the season and with a young team. I've seen this in the past where young teams can start out hot, play well. The exuberance is there. And then when they hit a rough patch and they hit that adversity, the wheels start to fall off a bit. And that's when they struggle and they end up missing a playoff. So I'm not going to, I'm not trying to doomsday on Anaheim, but I am not ready to get excited over them yet. Anthony. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say chill um, for right now, but just like in terms of their future, I mean, get excited. And I mean, they, they got, you know, with Carlson, McTavish, Terry, Zegris, Mintikoff, um, you know, side complimentary pieces like Vetrano and, and Strom. I mean, there's reason there's reason for Anaheim Ducks fans to be excited for what the future holds. Um, right now, though, for the season, like Phil said, it is early. You know, it's it's still early November, 10, 12 games in. Um, you know, they could easily still, you know, m- miss the playoffs or not a lock by any means. Um, but they are certainly playing beyond expectations, so good for them. And I'm going to actually just say, repeat what you did, also because we're not using the dancing robot as much. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say get excited for your future, but also it, it's as far as the season goes, they should stick with the rebuilding mindset. Don't overplay Carlson. Keep going. Keep growing as a team. Mason McTavish is playing fantastic. Uh, Lucas Dostal has been steady as a second goaltender in that. Like this is um this is a team on the rise, and you really didn't think it was going to be there. But Philk, uh, you you brought up another great point. You get young teams that end up hitting um a roadblock, and then the wheels come off. Sort of like oh, what was it two years ago? The Anaheim Ducks. So uh, so can't help but look right back at that one. Let's go to a player that hasn't scored a goal this season. Matty Beneers. 
who has still got a zero in the goal column. Anthony, are you freaking out, chilling, or getting excited? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say chill. Uh, I mean, as we saw last year, right? Barzell had zero goals um, and all assists. Um, you know, so I mean, I don't think there's any doubt of this guy's skill. You know, he skates well. Um, he's a good shot. He's got good offensive instincts. Um, you know, the guy won rookie of the year last year for a reason. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not really concerned, uh, at all, frankly, but, um, it will be nice for him to score a goal. It's crucial for the Kraken's success. But for me, this is, this is chill out here. Phil. Uh, I'm going to say chill too. Um, it is a little concerning that he doesn't have a goal. What really concerns me more is the fact that he only has six points in 13 games. So that's like on pace for like maybe 40 points. He almost had 60 last year as a rookie and won the Calder. So um, although I do think part of it is the, tied into the fact that Seattle as a whole is not playing nearly as good as they did last year. I mean, Jaden Schwartz is having a really nice year. Oliver Bjorkstrand seems like he's found a new level. Vince Dunn, the guy that I expected to kind of fall off a bit, is he's still right there. Jared McCann is on pace for almost 40 goals again. But um, they lack some scoring after that. There's a little bit of a drop-off. You have guys like Tolbannon and Gord and uh, at that point. And then there's Beneers right there with six points. But – they are, there are some guys in this team that need to start pulling their weight offensively, like Kyler Yamamoto and, and Jordan Eberle uh, in specific really need to start pulling their weight offensively. So um, I, I think Seattle, once they start playing together, uh, once they start playing better as a whole, I think the numbers will shoot up for Veneers. Uh, I'm going to say chill one more time, and that's because standard sophomore jinx. It'll happen. He's just got to work himself out of it. Yeah. And Matty Benares is a good player. Come on. And Anthony picked him to win the, the rookie of the year last year, and then he went out and did it. So let's let's just – everybody relax. No need to get on him. But you can't help but notice another guy in the Pacific Division. This is very Pacific Division heavy, everybody. Sorry about that. But Thatcher Demko's unbelievable start. 7-2, and 161 goals against average and a 948 save percentage. Guys, I'm starting this one off and I'm getting excited. I've been fired up. I've been waiting to get on the Thatcher Demko train for a while. I made it last year. I made it again this year. So I, th I, I think this guy is a quality goaltender. Can he stay healthy? That's a different story. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get excited about him just because, you know, he did have you know, kind of like a high pedigree and expectations when he kind of came into the league. So, um, you know, if this is, you know, if this is him kind of, you know, reaching the, you know, the level of the goalie that people thought he would be, then that's incredible for the Canucks. Um, no doubt, you know, he's been their backbone really alongside Elias Pedersen. Um, you know, he's, he's kept them in every game. And as you see here at the bottom of his numbers, you, you really, it's hard to argue those. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited about Demko and the Canucks for sure. Phil? I think a big part of his numbers are the fact that Vancouver, like like I said last week, there's there's a different vibe with this Vancouver team. There's a fight to them that they hadn't had in previous seasons. They're a tough team to play against. 
And I, I, I just rewatched our short in which I talked about Vancouver and their game against Nashville. And just the way that they're playing is night and day compared to last season. Um, Rick Tockett's doing a hell of a job. Uh, they have a plus 24 goal differential, which is the highest in the NHL right now. Insane. They have 54 goals, 30 allowed, which is just, that's, that's insane. Um, but yeah, Demko's a part of that, but those numbers are also, are, you know, Demko's numbers are also a part of that as well. It, it goes, it goes both ways, you know, bless you. And then with, you know, Pedersen and Hughes leading the league and like scoring Quinn Hughes is looking like a Norris favorite right now. Um, I mean, they've got guys scoring up and down their lineup. This team is just great. I'm going to get excited about Demko because I, I do think that he's probably going to end up being a Vezina finalist. Yeah, especially the way he's playing right now. And that'll uh, that'll take another spot away from the two Russians here in New York that we're expecting to be involved in the Vezina finalist conversation. So, all right. So, guys, that's some of our impulsive reactions to what's been going on in the league right now. But we're not done talking about the NHL is let's do some bar talk. Shot. This is the easiest side to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. And welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying around? So, so, I'll have a beer. Or, oh, give me a shot. I actually may do a shot during this. I have a bottle of whiskey that's staring at me right now. Play along down in the comments below. And of course, why go out to the liquor store? Make it a drizzly night. Click the link below in the description and uh, have everybody bring beer, wine, liquor to you instead. And of course, check out the trucker hats. So guys, I can't help but notice that there's a second overall pick that is not meeting expectations and not really helping their team win. And of course I'm talking about Zach Wilson and uh, <laughs> cause Zach Wilson has not been doing anything for the jets, but um Capococco, a goal and an assist. That's all he's got this season. Anthony, I'm going to go to you for this. We're going to flip the Islanders and Rangers today. The Rangers and jets should move on from the number two overall picks. Uh, I mean, well, the Jets already tried to move on for him, right? But then Rodgers hurt his Achilles, so he's kind of back in based on, you know, really having no choice. Uh, I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson, you know, is the way he's playing right now with Rodgers out. I don't think he's played well enough where teams are looking at him and be like, all right, well, you know, if the Jets move on from him, we're going to give him a shot. Um, so I don't really think he's any good. So if the Jets decide to move on from him, it's really, really no loss. Um, again, they already tried to do it. As for the Rangers and Kako, um, you know, last year Kako had 40 points, which was the career high for him, 18 goals. Uh, you thought that maybe he was kind of turning a corner, but, you know, right now he's really giving the Rangers nothing. Um, and we always said it's at some point, if these guys don't, like, break out and reach their potential – you have to move them at some point so you can you at least hold a little bit of value. I think I think this is really one of the last years for Kako to get his shit together in New York. You know, if if he if he continues at this pace, and let's say he only has, I don't know, 25 or, or 30 points this season, 
Um, I don't see why the Rangers would would keep him. They would need they need to improve their depth uh, at right wing and bringing guys who are going to contribute on the score sheet on a night in night basis. So um, I'm gonna yeah. So you know what? So uh, I guess I'll go round only with the caveat of if Kako you know has a real poor season this season. Phil. The Jets would absolutely move on to Zach Wilson. Um, someone on Twitter before tried to tell me or make a comparison to Eli Manning and how Eli Manning struggled early on, but totally forgot that Eli Manning in 2005 was top five in the NFL in yards and touchdowns. So that was a funny one. That was a real funny discussion. Um, as for Capo Caco, I'm only going to say beer for the Rangers there because of the fact that um, you you can't do anything right now. But uh, if a trade comes along at the deadline and you have the ability to add a top six score and Capo Caco's got to go the other way to do it, you're not thinking twice about it. Uh, I, I just at this point, it's year five. There, there, there's been the caveat, the line of excuses for him. Oh, David Quinn fucked him up. Okay. You know what? Yeah, probably. David Quinn was not a good coach and – Really didn't help his development at all. Uh, Gerard Gallant put them on that kid line. They were getting maybe 14 minutes a game. I get it. Okay, he's been on the top line for the vast majority of this season with the advantage Adam Kreider. He has not belonged on that line. He's got to start doing something. If he doesn't, I I, I think if, if if it's not this year, if, it, if he doesn't start producing, he's gone at the end of the year. I, I think this is it. Anthony, you've been waiting for this moment a long time. I'm jumping off the Capo Caco bandwagon. <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things that I, I got to And by the way, Zach Wilson, the a coat hanger would be better than Zach Wilson. So I'm buying a round on this. Like, and, and I know what you're saying, Anthony. Oh, you can't get rid of Zach Wilson right now. Literally anyone, any professional quarterback <laughs> can get the Jets in the playoffs right now with that defense. <laughs> Zach Wilson... I mean, unless he's going up against a bunch of 45-year-old MILFs, he ain't doing much. So it's going to Kako, though. Good player. He, I think they're gonna, he's going to move on, and he's going to do well somewhere else where the expectations aren't he's a number two overall pick and a franchise-type player. Who knows? Because after all, Valeri Nichushkin was able to move on and become a Stanley Cup champion and a key contributor. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down that road. But as far as the Rangers go, it's put up or shut up. You got maybe two, three months, kid, because as one of the commenters said, uh, I think it was Chris T, trade deadline, he won't be here for the playoffs. And the Rangers are doing this, and they can use his production. And there were times in the preseason it looked like he was ready to take that next step. I can't believe it. Speaking about a guy that's got only a goal and an assist this season, Anders Lee, going an assist, but he's still the Islanders' captain. Filk, giving this one to you first. Islanders should move on from Anders Lee. I mean, we know what Alon thinks. He, he he gave it to us in the beginning. I you know what? I think I'm going to go around here. Wow. Uh, the problem with Anders Lee is that he's getting up there in age. And while he's a great net front presence, 
he's 33 years old. He's got not a great contract for what he is. And I mean, if they could get out of that deal and do something else with that, uh, that salary and go for a player who can actually really give them some top level offense, I, I would do that if I were them. And I know that a lot of Islander friends are going to try and how do you trade your captain? How do you let him go? That contract's not going to age well. It's really not. He's got two more years after this one at $7 million apiece. And he's a 40, maybe 50-point player. I, I, I think that's what the going rate is closer to on, on those guys right now. is probably about like five, six million. So he's maybe about a million dollars overpaid. But um, Anders Lee is just, to me, I, I think he's not going to age well over time. And if you could get something for him, uh, I would do it just because I, I, I think that he could help a team out in the playoffs. I still think he's a good player. I just think the Islanders need to go in a different direction and they need to start changing the makeup around to be a faster, more skilled, high-scoring team. And I think that changing the guard would go a long way to sending a good message. Anthony, what do you think? I may agree with everything he said, but, um, you know, Lou, I mean, Lou's not going to do it. Um, no. He's, he's their captain. Um, he's a very much a guy who believes in leadership and culture and loyalty to an extent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I mean, first off, two two years left after this, like Felix said, $7 million. Um, I think it would be hard to move him. For sure, they could buy him out in the off season, which actually would save them four point one on on the cap next year, and then subsequently two and three quarters, and then one and one and three quarters, and again one and three quarters the year after that. Uh, so the decent amount of savings would come next year, which would help. But again, I I, I just don't see Lou doing. I mean, he hasn't bought out a single Islander player since he's since he's been general manager. It's just not how he operates. Um, and I don't think they could really trade him easily. So for that alone, I'm going to say there's really no shot of it happening. In theory, yeah, I actually, I actually think it would help them. I mean, it, he's he's slow, and now he's, you know, he's not using the first power play unit anymore. He's on the second, so that's going to cut down his production. Um, you know, he started the season on the third line, and then it kind of moved up to the first. So his role has changed, which certainly is going to affect his ability to score his, you know, 25 to 30 goals. So. Um, if he's not getting the ice time to do that, then his contract's certainly not worth it. Um, again, I, I but again though, I, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't see this one happening either. I'm gonna go with just a beer. Uh, I think that he still provides off ice leadership, whether it's uh, his Can Jam tournament as you went to Ant, and um, the just being a good leader and a good captain. That does go a long way. So starting with that, and then, you know, I think if if they end up throwing him in front of the net and back on power play one, he still, I think, can be one of the best power play net front guys in the league, uh, top five at least. So, I mean, I wouldn't exactly rush to get rid of him, but I understand the fans' frustrations on what's going on with him. Speaking of another guy that hasn't scored much this season, guys, Alexander Ovechkin, two goals. So far this season, he had 119 goals and 174 career October games. Anthony, 
Alex Ovechkin will still break the goal record as a capital. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer. Um, you know, I think if he had scored 40, if he scored like 40 goals this year or, or 45, I, I forget the number because I haven't checked in a while. Um, but I believe if he scored around 40 to 45 this year, he would only need to score like 32 goals next year to, to, to break the record. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's still possible. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's, it does look so far that he's maybe lost a step, but his team also, it looks to be one of the worst teams he's been on in a long time. And, you know, that's going to affect, I think his, you know, his goal scoring output. Um, the reason why I'm hesitant is he's still got a couple of years left. So, I mean, he may not do it as soon as we think he would do it, but as long as he could still be a, a guy that scores 30 goals, um, I think he would eventually do it by the time he retires. So I don't know this is, again, this is still a little too early for me. Cause even still, he could still theoretically score 40 this year. You know how Ovechkin can just mm-hmm. get hot. Um, and you never want to count out a guy like him. Who's one of the best goal scorers of our generation. So I'll, I'll go beer. I'll go beer on this. Talk. Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to just say beer because I think if he doesn't, he's not leaving Washington. Washington's not moving him. It, just, it would just be bad PR uh, unless he somehow retires, then unretires and goes and plays somewhere else. It's not going to be. It's not going to be on Washington's volition is basically what I'm trying to say. So my concern is the fact that this guy has played so much hockey and now his body is just finally starting to break down on him because this is the guy literally that that site, Russian machine, never Never breaks on his friggin' moniker. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy has not broken, but, I, I mean, it looks like he is hitting a wall. And... I mean, it just obviously it's just in the wrong time for him because it's coinciding with his team being what's going to look like the worst team that he's had since 06 or 07, probably. Um, they may miss the playoffs again and they may end up being a real brutal team. The only the, the crazy part about it is though, is that their record is really not bad right now yeah. at four and one. They have mm-hmm. eleven points and they're fifth in the, in the division. And they're really not far back from the Islanders. I think they're only two points behind the Islanders. Um, funny enough, right now, but um, this—they're not—they're not that good of a team. They're really not, and I, I think this is going to hurt them. So um, I think maybe if he doesn't score, if he doesn't score thirty goals this year, that record is up in the air. Yeah, yeah, guys. I'm actually—I'm going to go beer on this too. I think he's never leaving the Capitals. And I don't think they they want him to leave either. So, but I Phil, you brought up about just uh, that his body started to break down. Everybody around him's body is breaking down, and if it ends up being um, uh, just like there's nobody to get on the puck, then that's just what it's going to be. And it sucks. It sucks about that because you kind of want this guy to be successful. All right. Um, I'm going to just wait one second just to make sure. Cause I mean, because again, Gretzky's rooting for him to, to, to get the record. 
I mean, it so, would be big news for the NHL. It would probably be better. As a Gretzky fan, part of me doesn't want him to do it just because it's Wayne and Wayne's my guy. But um, I, I, in terms of, like, what's best for the sport, what's best for the sport is him breaking the record and all the 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 media attention that it would grab by seeing, wow, somebody is breaking Wayne Gretzky's friggin' hallowed goals record. Yeah. The, the the attention that the NHL would get from that would help big time. It would help greatly. Anthony, do you have one more that you can do? Yeah, I gotta I gotta head out in like literally a minute. But the reason why <laughs> I wanted to wait for you because I wanted to make sure we did this one with you. I didn't want to do it without anyone else. So you get to lead off too. The San Jose Sharks notched their first win last night versus <laughs> the Flyers. The San Francisco 49ers had 13 wins last season and they got five this season. The San Jose Sharks will win more games this season than the 49ers the last two seasons. Oh, man. That's a minimum of 18. Um, <laughs> this is tough. I mean, the, the Sharks, I mean, the, the, this Sharks team looks like it might be even worse than their, their team in what year was it? Uh, was it 91? 91, 92. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just dreadful. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, one win, and you know what? I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go beer. I, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not so sure. That's a really fair thing. I, 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 I mean, if they did, they would be one of the worst teams. I mean, how many wins did the the Avalanche have that year when they were absolutely dreadful? When they uh, had their, uh, I think that was wins. only like 17. I think. They had like 48 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, the San Jose Sharks in 91-92 had 39 points. They had 17 wins. So that actually yeah. is less than the 49ers. Um, the uh, the 2014-15 Colorado Avalanche, or was it, this, was it the 2017 the Avalanche? It was the 2017 one. 17 Avalanche, yeah. They had, 40, they had 22 wins, 48 points. Okay, 22. And I mean, they're they, going to be worse than that. And they had much more talent on this on, than that than the Sharks do, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they do it. I honestly don't. They're they're really bad. Um, the goaltending's bad. They just have. I mean, Couture's been hurt. Thomas Hurdles on a milk carton, but can you really blame him? I mean, he's got no one around him. I mean, William Eklund, he looks good. I mean, he scored the other night, but I mean, these these guys have who's the Duclair? They don't really have many weapons at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, they may not do it. It's it's going to be interesting with that, Anthony. Thank you. We needed to get your input on that one. So uh, we had to move that one up on the list. Philk, what do you think? Is the Sharks going to have, or are the Sharks going to have more wins than the 49ers the last two seasons? Shot, shot. Yep. Shot. No, I I just I don't see it right now. So the San Jose Sharks got their first win in November. The season started in October. <laughs> and it almost took them a month to get their first win. They're, no. So at, at this rate, so 12, 24 would be two wins. 36 would be three wins. 
48 would be four wins, 60 would be five wins, 72 would be six wins. So they, they're on pace for six and a half wins. <laughs> There's no way this San Jose Sharks team is getting 18 wins or more. No, absolutely not. They're dreadful. They just traded for Kalen Addison, who's a career minus 24. So San Jose doesn't seem to get that you actually have to play defense. So it's like, okay, we got rid of one offensive defenseman who doesn't want to play any defense at all, but he's the best offensive defenseman in the league or one of them. So we just go and we get a Walmart version of him and Kalen Addison, who's a career minus 24. So I think he might be the wish.com version. Yeah. Uh, no, the, they're, they're not winning. No. Yeah. Uh, Philk. I'm going to go shot on this too. And uh, sorry to cover your face again, but that's the the hazard that we have right now. I guess I got that little guy that's right there, but he's covered up by the headlines. Philk, there are a lot of proud veterans on this team. I don't think they're going to, they're going to try their best not to be the worst team in the NHL, potentially in history. Now, how they could possibly do it when all you have to do is go to overtime and you can get more points than the Washington Capitals in their inaugural season. But the, I just can't help but look at this Philk and just go, well, I don't know if this team is any good, whether or not they can do anything. Because, yeah, you got the veterans. Their defense is massively weak. Their goaltending. Mackenzie Blackwood's actually playing really well right now. But I got to say, at times like this, you need a nice, calm, steady hand. And they have David Quinn. Need I say more? Every Ranger fan yeah, knows. I, oh, yeah. You, you brought it's like a Malatov cocktail. Like, you brought in a guy that's not a good coach to coach a team that's really bad. So, it, it's like if Walter Matthau was somehow like a really bad baseball coach in the Bad News Bears, this is what like the, the, the equivalent is in real life with the mm. shark. It just the, there's no structure. Quinn coaches them like they're a bunch of children. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. What to, it, it, it's 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 a, it's a it's a plan for failure. I mean, if you wanted to go get the number one overall pick, this is the way to do it. Uh, yeah, but there's no guarantee on that one. Just ask. No. Well, the Colorado Avalanche, their year you just cited, they they ended up not winning the lottery, and yet somehow winning the lottery because they got <laughs> Kale McCarr. Yeah. Uh, the team that did win the lottery that year, I believe, was the New Jersey Devils, right? Yes, they ended up winning and getting Nico Heischer out of it. Yes, and they also had Jack Hughes in a subsequent draft two years later. He uh, is week to week after a violent collision on Friday night with the boards versus St. Louis Blues. Phil, the Jack Hughes injury will cost the Devils the Metro Division title. I'm going to go beer. I still think they can win it. Um, I, I And you know what? It's not even just that, but... I, I don't I don't think it's just that that'll cost them. I think their defense is not good. They got rid of um, Ryan Graves, and now that I mean I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Graves, but he was like decent for them. And I don't think their defense is nearly as good. Uh, I think Brendan Smith doesn't belong in the NHL anymore. I don't think he's good at all. I think Luke Hughes is having hiccups, and they're going to have to deal with that. And um, the goaltending is not good. 
Vanacek's really kind of like a, a middle of the, the pack type of goalie, maybe even a bottom half of the league starter. And, and Schmid was just really a flash in the pan. I mean, once people start figuring out where to shoot on him and they start going glove side high on him, I, I think he's cooked. So um, I don't think that team is as great as we thought they were going to be. I mean, yeah, the offense is there, but um, it's not as vaunted as we all thought it was going to be. Phil, I think you just said it best. It's not just going to be it, but I think it's going to be the final nail in the coffin. They're not winning the Metro now. Uh, if they do somehow do it, my hat's off to you. Neil, our uh, Devils contributor for Dell's State of Mind, I tip my hat to you as well. But Nico Heischer has been out. That's not good. You're talking about no. a guy that's a sulky caliber or defender. Uh, their goaltending has a little bit left to be desired. That's another issue that's in there. And you gotta you gotta keep thinking. Just I I, I just I I don't. They needed Jack Hughes, and he was my MVP pick. And he could still win it. He could still come back, be the important player that they know they could uh, that they could get out of him. Because after all, the MVP race is wide open this year. That's a different story at the moment. Philk, also the Buffalo Sabers, six one and one. They began the year three and five. They got a zero in their goal differential. I believe they're forty one goals scored and forty one goals against. Sabers are a mid team. Ah. By the way, I have that term right. The one that the kids are using, they're, they're just mid. Yeah, mid. Okay. Yeah. Um, H. Thompson's really not having the year that he needed to have. That was that was the key thing for this team, was that Thompson repeats the 47-goal, 94-point season. or Because he looked like he was on pace for over 50 goals and over 100 points last year for a large portion of the season that his end of the year was not great. Um, but Casey Middlestad is somehow leading this team in scoring. Rasmus Dahlin looks like he's ready to be a Norris contender, even though the defense is not there completely yet. Um, but Devin Levi has not been what we thought. We all thought he was going to be this amazing, you know, stud goaltender that was going to take them. Um, Eric Comrie has actually been the best goaltender they've had in limited action. UPL, sub-900 save percentage. Levi, sub-8-9 save percentage. Both of them, goals against of well above three. UPL, 3-1. Devin Levi, 3-4-1. That's not good. Not good at all. So, um, I, as of right now, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say round. This is pretty a pretty mid-team right now. Like, they're not playing well. There's nothing about them that stands out for me. Um, they're not the high-flying, high-scoring, uh, high exciting team that they were last year. And um, Peyton Krebs, what is going on with him? One point? One point? Kyle Ocposo looks like he's on his last legs and needs to retire. Jordan Greenway has not really been great. Owen Power looks good. He's getting better. I think he might fin finish with like 40, 45 points this year. Alex Tuck is solid. J.J. Paterka looks like he's taking the next step. But Dylan Cousins has taken a big step back. Peyton Krebs, after a decent year last year for his like first like full, full year, now is looks like he's taking a big step back. 
there's a lot of guys that need to step up here. So this team is very mid right now. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it's funny. I'm going around to say that they're mid, but yes, I'm doing just that. They're around to just be average. It's unfair that everybody was asking a rookie goaltender to to step to step up. Uh, no more Gen Zers just say Justin went to striving. Someone that's mediocre. Yes, that is true. So, um, so here, oh, oh, you you want layups? Here's here's a layup for you because we all know Mark would throw this one out there to us. Who's playing better, Jonathan Huberdo or Justin Huberdo? Justin Huberdo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I think I have. Do I have the the Jonathan Huberdo ready to go? Because uh, <laughs> we got to get to him in a second. Oh wait, somehow I I left that out of the rundown for a minute. I'll get that on in a second. But no, the Sabers, the Sabers, the I think they're working to be a better defensive club. That means your offense is going to step back. They're going to have to do something if they want to make the playoffs. And first things first, Tate Thompson has to wait. Taco has been very mid musics. Uh, just, I'm not rolling out a red carpet of excuses for the kid anymore. He needs to be better. And this is this is it. Put up or shut up, Kako. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. And it looked like he was turning the corner in the preseason. It looked like Lafreniere was going to the way of the Dodo. Not the narrative right now, guys. Phil, the Minnesota Wild, they won two straight games after an 0-3-1 stretch. And even in that Saturday game versus the New York Rangers, they were down 3-0, and it looked like they were heading for another loss. Then they woke up. They scored four straight, took a 4-3 lead, one 5-4 in shootout versus the Rangers. The Wild woke up Saturday versus the New York Rangers. Layup. Yeah, get, get the damn thing out. Okay, there it is. So uh, actually, I hit the breaking news accidentally. Yeah, because I mean, so they looked a lot better versus the Islanders last night too. But it's also a small sample size. Like you, you, you're basing this off of two games. Let's see what happens the next game. But yes, they look like they're playing a lot better than they played obviously before that. So the results are night and day. But yes, the Rangers took their foot off the gas pedal. The Islanders have been a very inconsistent team. Let's see what Minnesota does against some better teams. So they're going to have to play the Rangers again tomorrow night. They're going to be playing the Rangers with, again, another backup or a third-string goalie. So it's probably going to be a third or even a fourth-string goalie, depending on who's in tomorrow night. But let's see what Minnesota does against better teams now. Yeah, um, I am going to say that they are they're they're fully awake now. This team is 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 ready to go um so i'm just gonna put the 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 cheers up on there they shouldn't have been this bad they were bad i think i have them as my number three disappointing most disappointing team uh this season and we're about to get to number two uh but this this they needed a wake-up call they somehow got it against the rangers they fought from behind against the islanders now that looks like this looks like a dean evison team Let's see if they could just continue it up uh, and at least try to make the playoffs because the, the, those records aren't good. Phil, we started talking about it just a second ago. Jonathan Huberto bench last night against uh, – I forgot who they played. But at the Calgary Flames, the Jonathan Huberto was benched last night. Justin Huberto has a brighter future in Calgary than Jonathan Huberto. That was actually the one that was coming. Oh, I didn't even see that. Okay, well, 
Nashville. They were up against Nashville. They were down two nothing. Uh, I, I I might even have to say round here. Um, Jonathan Huberto getting benched is probably the low point of his career, and um, if he doesn't wake up sooner than later, he's out of there. But the problem is, who's going to take on that contract? Because that contract is massive. That contract is massive. That contract is one you pay for a star. John the Huberdo, if you get the Florida guy, you get a star. I really, <laughs> I really wish this wasn't the case because this has been the opposite of the Matthew Kachuk trade. Because there's the other end. Literally, quite literally, it's the other end, Philk. He's not nearly as good as everyone else is. And uh, I mean, so much success for Kachuk going to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, being an MVP candidate. Huberto, he's on a milk carton. It's it's just like, I, it, and there's nobody else you could want to root for more. You do know that this trade broke his heart, though. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like they're like a part of him just died. Um, uh, Barkov was his buddy, and obviously, it's uh, <laughs> oh, Jonathan, Jonathan like Huberto. yeah, no, I have it right, I got it right, yeah, but um, I, I honestly think that like it, it's it's sad because like. I feel like he would be the perfect fit for the Rangers and and their right-wing problem, and I would love to send Kako the other way, but they can't afford that cap hit at all. Like, that's not happening. So, like, I, I just wonder where he could actually end up going, what team would actually have the cap and the assets that they're willing to give up to get this guy if things don't work out in Calgary because he looks like he's lost. And I blamed it all on Sutter. I was like, oh, it's Sutter. It's Sutter. No, it, it, I, I can't blame Sutter anymore. It's not just Sutter. It, it's not just Sutter. Like, he looks like crap. He looks like absolute crap. And, I, I mean, you might as well have some random NHL, like, created player for, like, a prospect like they do when they can't find any more prospects named Justin Huberto come in because Justin Huberto would probably have put up more than two goals and six points in 12 games for the Calgary Flames. Well, he's played just as much as Justin Huberto. And for all newcomers on this one, Justin Huberto is what I accidentally called Jonathan Huberto when I said he should be the MVP. So, wow. That's because you're probably thinking about Justin Bieber because Mark is a huge Bieber fan. Oh, tremendous. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it, and it's and look, I I still can't help but say it, Phil. But that's a guy you you want to root for this guy, and you just know it's just going to be it's just going to be difficult. So, everybody, thanks for joining us for Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. Let's take a couple questions, and maybe we might be able to get some Puck Doku in quickly. Uh, let's see, can we talk about Kako? Yeah, Sean Harold. We've been talking about Kako all show, actually. Um, and again, I'm the I'm one of the biggest Kako guys. Nope. I mean, hell, the name of my fantasy team is Huge Kako. So it's uh, no, I, I think it's time you you cut bait with him. He either he has to, he's got to put up or shut up. 
And by the way, music is right about this one. Hooper is a competent, driven player. The Canadian media is too hard on him or on some people. The only good part about Fuberto right now is the fact that he's not playing well and he just hit rock bottom and he hit rock bottom early. Like this might send a message to him and wake him up. And he's about a 40 point player right now. Like he could still end up being a point per game player. Like if he wakes up and he finds his form again. So, um, but right now, it's not looking good at all. State of Survival asks a good question right here, Phil. Is the unrealized talent for Kako and Lafreniere the result of poor Ranger development, or is it the player is the one holding them back from becoming the stars that they should be? This has been talked about several times on this channel. Um, I've had this discussion several times over several different social media platforms. It's both. Um, the players, for me, have needed to do more to make themselves better, but the development has just been awful. Like it's, uh, You can't hold, not hold the team accountable when as many players as they've had have had problems developing. So it's something with the organization, but it's also with the players themselves. Lafreniere is finally starting to show those signs of being the player that the Rangers think he can be. Um, but Capo Caco has done nothing to work on his skating. Uh, I, I I just don't see I don't see an improvement in skating. The, the, it's also in his head too because it's a confidence thing. And Rich is right, no balls, I'm just scared. Uh, that's the way I, I look at it. I mean, it, could you could you have a Capo Caco for Morgan Frost swap? I don't know if the, the Rangers and Flyers would ever do that, but maybe a change of scenery could help both of these guys. Um, but I can tell you right now that. Um, Capo Caco is probably not going to be a Ranger after this season if he doesn't start turning it around and like doing so like right now. Like he needs to have a strong rest of the season in order to stay New York. Yeah, you need to see what he's going to be. And let's let's use an example of like Alexei Kovalev circa 1994 in the in or basically Alexei Kovalev's almost entire career in New York. He's a slow starter, and then all of a sudden he go catches fire in March. That's what Kovalev used to always do. Um, Kako, the thing is, you can't just be – it used to be he's bad defensively. All right, let's get him to work on his defense. All right, now he, he has no offensive game now. I'm just not sure where he fits. And, again, Phil, I do say this uh, – and you're right about this hundred percent that the blame is on both. It's on the organization and, uh, and, and on Capo Caco as well. And in this one, it seemed like they kind of ruined his confidence a little bit, but still the New York Rangers since the, uh, since Tony Amante has had one player reach the 30 goal plateau that they've drafted. And that was oh sorry, um, what's what forty goal plateau? Let's make it a little bit higher. So Peter Kruk is not in there, and it's Chris Kreider. The Rangers, I don't think they've had a player that they've drafted since Doug Waite that has reached a hundred. No, Mark Savard that reached a hundred points in the season. Mark Savard, Savard never hit a hundred. Savard never hit a hundred. All right, no. but still, I mean, JT Miller got to ninety nine. 
So you got to start wondering what's going on with the Rangers development. And I don't want to go, well, it's Jed Ortmeyer. That's the problem. No, there's, there's gotta be a, a philosophical decision or, or I think that's part of it. I, I, I think that's really part of it. I, I like this thing here from Richard, this comment. I mean, cause yeah, Sharapanov, I think would have been a player. I've, I've stood by that. I think Sharapanov would have been a guy that could score anywhere from maybe a hundred points a season. Uh, that's how high I was on Sharapanov. By the um, way, Ray- Ranger Central is saying I'm a Swifty, uh, only sexually. So, um, (laughs) 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 meaning that I'm quick, Phil. That's what I was trying to go for the low-hanging fruit on the joke. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't want to know about that either. Thanks. (laughs) Keep keep that to yourself. Oh, Oh, no, not a Taylor Hall thing. Taylor Hall? No, waiting for him to call Taylor Hall, Taylor Swift. Oh, God, yeah. He no, no. Taylor, if he did that. Yeah, Taylor Hall is definitely Taylor Hall to me because I can't stand Taylor Hall. Uh, I think he's... You can't stand Taylor Hall. You can't stand Taylor Swift. No, well, I actually can't stand Taylor Hall more than I can stand Taylor Swift. And actually, there are some things about Taylor Swift you could kind of like a little bit. But uh, Taylor, Taylor Hall, um, overrated. One of the most overrated players yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that we did not need to know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with everybody here. The TMI, we did not need to know that. Oh, I went for the joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but can Kako net as a? I already responded to that in the chat, and that's an absolutely not. That is an absolutely not. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Montreal would laugh at that. They would laugh at that, and they would hang up the phone, and they would probably block uh, yeah. her jury's number if he offered Capo Caco for cold coffee straight up. Music. Uh, if you go all the way back to one of our first videos, I have this pick. Actually, this pick and the pick, Jamie Lundmark, uh, both of them, as one of the worst draft picks of all time. It's like one of my – that's the second video I think I ever made for this channel. I can't even say that, though, because that entire draft was horrendous. Yeah. Like, Jessamine and and frigging uh, Dylan McElrath, I could call those two picks two of the worst picks of all time because Jessamine was one of a handful of players, <sighs> less than a handful of players, that was a bust, complete bust in that draft. And that was that's probably the greatest first round ever in 2003. And you could argue second round when you had Shea Weber, Patrice Bergeron, Jimmy Howard, David Backus, uh, Corey Crawford. Did you just say, oh, you said David Backus, David Backus, David Howard? Uh, No, no, and then hell, going all the way to the seventh round, you still have Joe Pavelski who's still putting up 30 goals that, that he was in that round. Dustin Bufflin, who was a monster in the playoffs for Chicago and obviously a pretty good defenseman. And uh, Yaroslav Halak was on that team. That, yeah, that. Um, uh, Korpakoski was the guy Korpikoski, in that draft. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a terrible, terrible. I mean, the Montoya pick ended up sucking because it just. But the, the problem is, is that Montoya was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, yeah, he didn't end up becoming a good goalie. But the Henrik Lundqvist came along and really stole his thunder, like, badly. Yeah. badly. 
And I, I remember I was posting on, I wasn't even on HF boards yet at that time. I was back on hockeytraderumors.com posting <laughs> on there. And I just remember the discussions on those boards about the goaltenders in like the 0405 range and like, you know, about how the Rangers fans would talk about Montoya versus Lundqvist. And then the other portion of them were talking about Lundqvist versus Rask versus Price versus Toivonen for like the best goaltender in the NHL one day. So it was just funny to see how Lundqvist just shot up out of nowhere and became the elite goaltending prospect that he was. And then the elite goaltender and legendary Hall of Fame goaltender that he became. So just yeah. crazy to think how 20 years have gone by since. It's amazing. And when you look at it, that's there's two things I want to point out. And a matter of fact, Marty Biron was talking about this again on Ancient Network earlier in the day. Uh, Benoit Allaire worked magic with a lot of goaltenders that came through the New York Rangers. And Henrik Lundqvist was his greatest student. And everything he did, I mean, the guy, Henrik Lundqvist, I believe he has the games record for the New York Rangers. Most games played. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely for a goalie. I, I think he's, I think he's top, the top five in games played period. I think Mark Stahl might have him beaten out, but it's just, and it's a shame the way Henrik Lundqvist's career ended, but the, the thing about it is Phil uh, Montoya, he didn't have much of a chance. He wasn't going to get in on there. He was an AHL all-star his first two years. And then just nothing ever materialized for that after that. Um, he has to end with the Islanders. Oh, this is an interesting story from our man. And by the way, follow Joe in his quest to uh, make a big in professional wrestling because he's doing a hell of a job right now on the indie circuit. So follow Mr. Graves and support him. He's one of our originals. So please do that. Mm -hmm. um, there's also an awesome story here because the Rangers, this was them to mm -hmm. a team back then and the way they were ran. And my aunt worked with them at the time and she probably would have said the same damn thing. Yeah, that's so Rangers because they would have done something like this. Yeah. So and that's again you have that expression. It's there for a reason. That's yeah, so Rangers. Music they had Blackburn around then too, but Blackburn had already been injured with the show with the weightlifting accident by that point. So he really Yeah, that was the uh, two blocker injury. Yeah. So yeah. Um I it's uh, I kind of ran out of just things I could say on the Kako thing. I just think I I all, all my faith was that he's a good player, size takes time, it's gonna turn around. I'm not liking what I'm seeing, Philk. I'm not really seeing any assertiveness with the puck. I don't see any confidence in him. And you know what? Maybe like uh, Jonathan Huberto, maybe he just needs one puck to go in. Hell, I need one for my – I just started playing in my men's league again. I, I think my stick was cursed by a gypsy or something. Uh, it's I just can't buy a goal lately. Sure, um, it's the stick. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's definitely the stick. <laughs> I know the cup works. I got hit there the other day. So. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, that was. A, should we um actually, before we do any puck doku or anything, NYR for Life asks, should we be concerned about Mika not scoring? 
No. Um, it, it's annoying, yes. Uh, but this is a guy that always starts slow, and then he heats up. He's got 10 points through 12 games. Um, the points are there. I, I wish he would not have as many points on the power play. I mean, one of his two goals is a power play goal, and then he has five assists. So six of his 10 points are all power play. But um, uh, he's going to get hot, and he's very streaky. But when he catches fire, forget about it. This team is not – he's not even playing that well right now, and they're still first in the division. And they're going through injuries. So just imagine when everybody comes back and then Zibanejad finally gets going. Here's something, by the way, just before we even continue on, Christy is saying, I saw something on Reddit, which uh, which is saying, which goal you would build around, Hank, Price, or Miller? And every idiot says Price. Price was not a better playoff goalie than Henrik Lundqvist. Nope. I have to agree with you. I Look, I wrote an article about this last year comparing their two careers. Lundqvist had the better career. Sorry, it's a fact. Kerry Price had maybe the higher peak, but you could compare 2015 Kerry Price to 2012 Henrik Lundqvist. And it's not, it, it, they're similar. But the longevity of their careers, it's not even close. I'll it's, say it's this. Not. I'll say this. Carrie Price doesn't win the heart if two things aren't the case. One, 2015 isn't the lowest scoring season since, like, the 1960s. Mm. Like, the, the lowest scoring Art Ross winner since Stan Mikita was Jamie Benn in 2015 with 87 points. I was about to say 89, so I was happy about that. It, yeah, it's a, I believe it was 87 points. And then he had 88, I think, the year after with like 44 goals, which is crazy. And he, he didn't win it uh, that year. But you you can't you, you can't just say that, oh, Price was better than Lump was because he won that MVP that year because that year was an extremely low-scoring year. And Ben won the Art Ross on the last day of the season. Beating last out John Tavares. Yeah. And he had three goals and an assist. He had four points to win the Art Ross. on the. Oh, last by the day. way, Phil, I still make the argument Tavares should have won it that year. Yeah, he probably should have won the Art Ross that year. He probably could have won the, the, the Hart that year because the Islanders. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, imagine yeah. taking Tavares off that team. Or even in 2013 when he should have won it. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably should have won it in 2015. That's just me. Uh, but – um, and not only that, but if Carey Price wasn't a Montreal Canadian, he definitely does not win the MVP in in, in 2015. He doesn't Phil, win. Phil, the- I'll go one step better. Carey Price wasn't a Canadian hero in the World Juniors. I don't think that has much to do with it. I think that's had everything to do with it. He's been Mr. Team Canada goaltender, and they have been riding him. Phil, no end. He shouldn't be one of the NHL's top 100 players of all time. Statistically speaking, he's not better than Henrik Lundqvist. And first off, let me say this before I go on this rant completely. Carey Price is a great human being. Let's get that one in there. He's far and away awesome. I mean, so is Henrik Lundqvist. So are most of these professional athletes. But come on. There's been a lot of the time when the, the Canadians 
didn't beat the Rangers the one time it was Price versus Lundqvist. And no, it wasn't 2014 because I got into that argument one time. Look, it, it, look, I'll, I'll say it's 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 closer than what I might think. I still say it's Lundqvist, and it's easily Lundqvist. Yeah, it, it, it is Lundqvist. It, it's 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 Lundqvist hands down. I mean, Carey Price, for me, he has, I would say, one, two, three, four, five seasons that are Hall of Fame caliber seasons. Good. Sorry, everybody, on audio. Five, five Hall of Fame caliber seasons. And then maybe like one or two that are very, that are decent, not great. But um, I, I'll tell you right now, um, Lundquist was the epitome of consistency. He was a Vezina finalist as a rookie. Um, and he didn't even, he wasn't even in a, Cal, a Calder finalist because of how good that rookie class was in 06. It's arguably the best rookie class ever. But um Lundquist was he was the best goaltender in this generation, hands down. And it's it's not even close. And I don't even want to hear anything about Marc Andre Fleury or anything like that. You know, yeah, I know he's got wins and he, he has the same amount of business, but I'll tell you right now, um I <laughs> Marc Andre Fleury wouldn't have the amount of wins that he has had he not played behind Sidney Crosby and Getty Malkin for all those years. And he was often scapegoated as the reason why they would lose playoff series and not win in big games. So uh, Marc-Andre Fleury to me is not the best goaltender of this generation, Tenric Lundqvist. And I think if you ask anybody, you you take a look at back at the numbers and you send a step back and take a look at everything, it's Lundqvist. 918 career save percentage, 243 goals against. And that's what those those last three years dragged his numbers down. I would say maybe even the last four. Because like 2017, 9-10 save percentage. Nah. 2-7-4 goals against. Not really that good. That was when we really started noticing that Lundqvist wasn't the same Lundqvist. That was his last 31 season. So, um, But, Phil, I think, uh, I think the other thing to go with that is talking about the longevity of being – Henrik Lundqvist, but also that team was predicated on him. He had to to succeed. He didn't have a goal scorer outside of Yarmir Yager in his first season and Artemi Panarin in his last one. That or a player like that that was that dynamic. Rick Nash, not that good no. player, not as dynamic. No. Um, Marion Gabrick, two forty goal seasons and one very mediocre one. Like it was Lundqvist. It was always Lundqvist. It was Hank. It's it's always been Hank. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. I mean, you know, I, I, I like I said, I could only ever blame him or lay any ounce of blame on him. I should say, for two playoff series, and I, I think if you asked him straight up, I think he would tell you the same thing that he wasn't his best. Ottawa in twenty seventeen and Tampa Bay in twenty fifteen. Yep, I think he would tell you that he did not play his best hockey in those two series. And that's the only time I ever could sit back and look at him and say, Hank did not help them the way that he, he could have helped them. I encourage everyone though, go back and watch that 2015 Tampa Bay series. 
he stood on his head. Does what? What does he want back? He wants back the Kucherov goal. Yeah, maybe a couple other ones, and he probably wants back the Alex Kalorn goal. Yeah, but on the other hand, the Rangers did not lose that series because of Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, they and, didn't lose it because of him. He wasn't his. He wasn't his best. His regular season numbers against Tampa that season, 2014-15, they were terrible. Though, I'll tell you that he let up like almost 20 goals in like four games against them, and just really bad. Um, this is this is one I've toyed with this idea. I have. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, then my answer was no. No, you stay with Henry Gronquist. It would never happen. Yeah, it would never happen. Because after all, they threw him in versus Montreal. He got lit up in that situation too. But as far as I'm concerned, with yeah, Cam but Cowley, the Rangers got lit up in that game. Yeah, that's true too. But as far as I'm concerned with Cam Talbot, there might not be a more overrated former New York Ranger. I mean, I still get people that say they should have kept Talbot and got rid of one quest. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, that that the people all right. So they should have never given Lundqvist as long of a contract as they gave him. I will absolutely agree to that. That was that was bad. Or give it to him sooner. Or they yeah, they should, probably should have given him the contract sooner instead of playing around with him the way that they did for those few years before they gave him that deal. But I I, I will tell you right now, anyone who thinks that they should have kept Talbot. Over Lundquist, I would suggest seeking serious psychiatric help. And and I know I know that. Look, I'm actually kind of glad that Ranger Central's bringing this up because he's been on a rant about this, and I've had to go on this as well. I want to stop hearing about the Rangers traded away Matt Zuccarello. The Rangers traded away Pablo Buchnevich. The Rangers did this. The you can't keep everyone. It's not feasible. And the other part is Zuccarello, look, we all like the guy. We all love the guy. But it's – would you rather have him or Artemi Panarin? Because you weren't going to get both. Yeah, and, no, I, I – listen, I get it. I agree. Um, I, I'm taking Panarin 9 out of 10 uh, – 10 out of 10 times. I've actually 11 out of 10 times over Matt Zuccarello. Uh, I always said that if this season, if Minnesota fell off – uh, I wondered if the Rangers would try to find a way to maybe bring Matt Zuccarello back in the fold because they could use a right winger, and he's got real good chemistry with the other two guys on that top line, and Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. So that is true. I wonder. I wonder if, I wonder if they could try to make something work because they 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 have an issue again at right wing, and if, if they don't get Patrick Kane, then maybe Matt Zuccarello with retention could be something that they could look forward to but they might have to offer up a little bit to uh, Minnesota. Matt Zuccarello has, uh, he's on the final year of uh, $6 million and a new contract kicks in next year, 4.125. I don't think he gets moved. Yeah, I don't think so either, but um, I would, I would love to have uh, seen like a little reunion if they were some sort of way that they could have done if he was on the unexpiring deal, but they, Again, they re-upped him. So, but um, yeah. But Phil, Phil, again, you can't pay everybody because then you're going to no. end up being the Ottawa Senators and have Shane Pinto sitting at home, which he would anyway. Obviously, I know. Yeah, that. but that the only reason why they have that that being the case is because he went and signed Vladimir Tarasenko. 
right now the Tarasenko move looks like it's paying off, but at the start of the season, people were wondering if he was cooked. And again, you went with the younger, better player with Artemi Panarin. It's You yeah. just can't pay everybody. And the Rangers were in full rebuild mode. Should they have kept Kevin Hayes too? No. Speaking about which. They were, they, were, they were good to get it. I mean, especially if Kevin Hayes was going to command what he commanded on the open market, they were they were smart to get out of that deal when they did. Uh, you know what? I got to actually ask you this, Phil. I know we want to uh, do something else or move on. But um, so here's a question. What do the Rangers do once – a Sisterkin's contract expires in 2025. Do they extend him for eight years or do they let him walk? And I think that's an interesting question. I think you obviously have to extend him. You're not you're not getting rid of Shisterkin. Unless no. Duran comes up and he absolutely blows the doors off. I I, I don't see where you I mean he's only 27. He's gonna be 28 in December. You, you, I, I don't think you want to give him eight years at that point. You make the same mistake that you made Lundqvist, but you're going to want to give him six, seven years and have him be the guy. I, I just, you, you can't justify giving a, a ten million dollar deal to this guy though, because you got, you got to avoid that price Bobrovsky deal. You cannot give that. Yep. Deal. You can't. You cannot go into that. Nope. If you do, you might as you might as well just just pack it up. Can't pay your goaltender ten million dollars. Yeah, and then you can yeah, barely it, pay a goaltender it, eight and a half. Argument against it. Look at the goaltenders that have won the Stanley Cup recently: Aiden Hill, Darcy Kemper. I mean, th- those guys are not good. Jordan Binnington. I mean, he he won the. Uh, I mean, he won the Stanley Cup, but he came out of nowhere, and he's been kind of net since. Hey, Philk. We've talked about him before on here. Kevin LeBanc would be a great pickup for the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder how they make that work cap-wise because he's a little more expensive of a player than what Patrick Kane would end up being once Patrick Kane really starts to talk to teams. And, you know, I don't think anybody's giving Patrick Kane $5 million at this point. I think we're at a point in the season where he's probably going to get like, you know, two, three million, something like that. And it, it's going to be like a prove it deal to see what he has. But Kevin LeBanc at four, seven, uh, four, seven, two, five is going to be a tougher fit unless San Jose retains. But I, I mean, that's somebody that I would be interested in uh, taking a look at because he's, he's a pretty good player. He's a local boy. He can skate. Um, he's a little bit of a playmaker, which I, I think that line needs. And he's really struggling. So he might come cheap, like two points in eight games. I know that team is bad, but, I mean, it's a far cry from the 56 points in 2019 that he had in the 17 goals. So, I mean, a change of scenery could really, really help uh, someone like Kevin LeBay. Phil, uh, Joe Gray said this one. I don't know about after the Hank Price era. I'm skeptical about giving Cole, uh, goalies big money in long-term contracts. One reason why I tend to kind of agree with him on this one is not the guys that won the cup also. When you talk about Sesterkin, you're going to have a guy that relies on his athleticism, and at eight years you're going to be worrying about him 
at 35 years old. So that's where I'm concerned. The last two or three years of that deal might be pretty bad if he's worried about athleticism. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. Uh, and Shesterkin's also had some injuries. Like, Henrik Lundqvist was solid. Like, every year was like yeah. 65 to 70 games of Lundqvist. Like, you didn't have to worry, but like, he was a lot for that. Shesterkin has been hurt at some point or another in every season he's played so far. Right. Um, he got, I mean, the, the obviously 2020, that was the car crash with Bushnevich. That's not his fault. Can't really blame him there. Um, 2021, he missed time. 2022, he missed a little bit of time. 2023, he missed a little bit of time. And now he's missing time again. So, um, Shesterkin is technical. But you always got to worry about athleticism with goalies. The bodies just break down over time. That's yeah, really what it is. You know, so um, Sorokin relies a little bit more on his athleticism and quick reaction time than Shosturkin, who places angles smarter and better. If you ask me. But um, by the I, way, if anybody hasn't seen it, see season two of Shorzy. It's amazing. Yeah. Really good. Really, really funny. Love that show. All right. Feel like you're ready to sign off on this one today? Yeah. We've, we've been on for a bit. Yeah. So. I mean, hell, we went for a good uh, solid hour, 45. hour 45. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm a little bit surprised that we were going on this long because uh, I, I was ready to get to the Puck Doku at 650. You guys brought some good questions. And is the music on? Oh geez. That's good. Oh I I hit the wrong thing. It's supposed to be bye-bye. Instead it's this. Anyway, sorry about the outro music. Apparently it was saying bacchiotomy for a few seconds. So uh everybody, thanks for joining us this week. Uh again, I love our impulsive reactions on this one. I still say the Edmonton Oilers are in a lot of trouble, Phil. A lot. Uh, yeah, they they definitely are. That that's a team that needs to to quote Shorty, figure it out. <laughs> and give their balls a tug even more. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get it up earlier, but here you go. There you go, of course. Doe Mark messed up. Ah. All right. Um, Rangers are in action tomorrow night. Islanders, are they in action tomorrow night? Uh, I am not exactly sure. Puck drop in 20 minutes or... Yeah, about 20 minutes in Florida. Yeah, they get Boston tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, they got... Oh, yeah, that's going to be... Yeah, yeah, and the Rangers host Minnesota. First coaching game is probably what Croft and Edmonton, John. So. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, it, I can't believe Woodcroft is going to be the first one to go. No, but everybody's telling... Everybody on NHL radio, same thing, Phil. They're all telling me how crazy we are to say that. Like, what did he win? Or what did Edmonton win without him? But what are they winning with them? The old Ralph Connor line. We finished in the last place with you. We can finish the last place without you. So. Enough. All right. Everybody, thanks very much for joining us. Check out some more stuff we might have uh, later on in the week. Uh, I need to get up my visit to Arizona in there. And also talk about the surprises and disappointments. So thank you, everybody. And Phil, last word. Let's watch that hockey. Let's do that hockey.
All right, and hopefully uh, the um, star, the K Stars, will win there, win a game this week, and uh, I'll get out of, the, I'll get into the gold column. All right, everybody, thank you very much. We will see you next Wednesday.